Pretty Podcast. Hey, it's Liv, and this is my design episode for the Pretty Ugly Garment Life Cycle series. So in today's episode, we are looking at zero waste design and ethical designers. Zero waste design is part of our whole new sustainable movement in the textile industry. And basically, it's a form of design that generates no waste, as in the title. It uses the whole sheet square rectangle of fabric so that there is nothing stranded left. But I can't say that we've only really just started doing this, I suppose, because it goes way back in history with Japanese and and Chinese design, kimonos and pants and things, so I'll go more into that later on. One zero-waste designer in particular who I studied throughout high school was Holly McQuillan, and she's from New Zealand, a lovely lass from the North Island. She's created patterns for crop tops, dresses, trousers, literally almost anything, and what she's done is just very creative and interesting because not only are these zero waste, she's created a way for consumers to have an emotional attachment to the garment, creating a way for the consumer to be involved with the development of the garment. Her patterns involve obviously cutting up the fabric into whatever she's got laid out in the pattern and then you paint the edges of the fabric with like house paint and that kind of locks off the fabric and then you hand stitch it together however you like to stitch. So a bit different, a bit interesting and the whole thing around that is that you've helped create that garment. It's a little bit individual, it's you and basically it's a way of preventing you from wanting to throw it out because you can't have made it. So I've made a couple of her pieces. She's got free patterns at hollymcquillan.com. Definitely recommend trying it out. I found that when I did it, it's probably best to use a bamboo rayon or organic cotton to get the right drape because I used Shifton and it was it was just a mess. So it's definitely something I want to start again, but I haven't actually made any clothes lately. I've been doing lots of little crafty things for Christmas and stuff. So another brand who looks at their design is a Kiwi brand called Otis Butler, based on the philosophy of neutrality. So they create minimal shapes and colour which allow the gender gap to be blurred and the notion of masculine and feminine to be challenged. It's clean, it's minimal, it's functional and it's made in New Zealand. This whole thing of closing the gap between having male and female clothing is quite interesting and, and a better way for one doubling the market that they've created these pieces for because not only are a woman going to buy this top but it's also for men that's one good thing for it and the other thing is that when someone's finished with that garment take it to the op shop and someone else can purchase it and it can either be a man or a woman it doesn't really matter it doubles the chances of it actually being brought you make more use out of it again they are working on timeless shapes neutral colors mean they really suit anyone and will remain timeless so that's That's quite important. So the importance of shape, colour and emotional attachments to timelessness is, well, you know, you could put a bow in a random place of a garment, but that's not going to be popular. Well, it might not be popular in the years to come and eventually you, you say, what the hell is that? And you put it in the bin, right? If we're thinking about shapes of products, keeping it plain, not too boring, but still somewhat intricate kind of like what Gorman does in terms of making sure that their pieces are individual being collaborated with artists and that people can use them in the future you know it's not something that you can just chuck in the bin if you've listened to that to that podcast I did with Gorman you'll probably know what I'm talking about if you haven't definitely recommend uh, listening to it we dress well today I wear dresses and I, I know a lot of other people wear dresses 
with shapes from as early as the 60s that we still wear. Using colours that suit all skin tones is a good idea, but the other fact is that it doesn't evolve around that individuality aspect, so maybe using some sort of pattern to ensure there is a difference in terms of who who's buying and who's wearing, because that's probably my favourite thing. Uh, in terms of what I buy or what I, what I wear, is it's got individuality to it. And individuality can evolve to creating an emotional attachment. Is there a way you can be involved in that garment's life? Can you put yourself into the garment? Can you put, not like not literally putting yourself into the garment, but can you put something unique into it of you? For me, I if I go to the op shop and I've been hunting for months for that perfect red and white stripy top, you know, I don't I don't go into Glassons and buy it. I'd probably just wait until I find that perfect one because once you've purchased that, it's like I've hunted for this, I've gotten it down, and now it's my turn to to wear that and to develop that into something that I've made. So going op shopping is a good way of evolving your clothing into something that you want it to be. Most of my clothes I've somehow modified, like put a pleat in it or done some embroidery because I just want to be want it to be me and I want to keep the piece for years to come and, and to enjoy. But it also helps buying less because you don't buy unless you love that type of thing. So you start evolving passion into what you're buying and, and stuff like this. So yeah, I say all this, but like imagine trying to design something that suits everyone. It's impossible. But also individuality is a huge part of life. And why would we as consumers want to wear something that anyone and everyone is or can be wearing? So zero waste design was first found in, in Japanese clothing. Sorry, we're chopping and changing here. Back to the zero waste kimonos and the puffy pants that have so much drape to them it's funky and uh, fabric back then was really appreciated and it was limited so they made sure to use the whole sheet and it's just beautiful today fabric is mass produced and you go into spotlight and it's almost scary to think how much of that massive fabric store will end up being in the ground one day it's just ludicrous so with the sewing I've been doing lately like I said before I've been trying my hardest to use to start using the whole sheet of fabric so I've been making early Christmas presents, honey wrap, tote bags, all square shaped things. So you're forced to use a whole sheet of fabric anyway. Also at op shops lately, I've been buying and thoroughly cleaning old bedding and turning them into all sorts. And it's just so cheap. No stains and just, you know, obviously ensuring the products are clean, but you'll be amazed at what you can get. And a way better of buying fabric than just seeing the grumpy stuff at Spotlight. And also you're doing good for the world too. Bonus. That's it from me today. I hope you've enjoyed this verbal diarrhea. And if you want to know more about sort of the design elements and principles in, in what you're making, just leave a comment below and maybe I'll set up a podcast or do a little episode on that because that is something I really enjoy referring to when designing anything, to be honest. So, yeah, very exciting. Have a wonderful day. The Ready Ugly. Podcast.